Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Around the Waves. We have a special episode today as a more serious subject matter as the Chicago Blackhawks former president of hockey operations, Stan Bowman, resigned on Tuesday after investigators released their findings on how the team handled sexual assault allegations against former video coach Brett Aldridge during the 2010 Stanley Cup run. Senior Director of Hockey Administration Al McIsaac is also out, meaning there are no Blackhawks executives involved with the 2010 team remaining with the organization. The league also said it was fining the team $2 million for the, quote, organization's inadequate internal procedures and insufficient and untimely response in the handling of matters related to former video coach Brad Eldridge employment with the club and ultimate departure in 2010, end quote. According to a lawsuit filed in May of 2021 by former Blackhawks player, quote, John Doe, who revealed himself on Wednesday evening as Kyle Beach, Eldridge sexually assaulted him and another player during the 2010 Stanley Cup playoff run. In June, the Blackhawks commissioned an independent law firm, Jenner and Block, to conduct a full investigation. That investigation was led by Reach Shar, a former assistant U.S. attorney, and the results were handed over to the Blackhawks organization on Monday. Last night, it was reported ex-Blackhawks coach during that time and former uh, coach of the Florida Panthers, Joe Quinville, has resigned from his position. So, Ben, good morning here. Um, I will start with you here for this question. With the investigation findings revealed, what does this say about the Blackhawks? It it say it says about a, a team in the Blackhawks that at the time in 2010 that was the first of their their three championships. It just shows that it's an organization that would go to any lengths to to achieve that ultimate goal of winning a championship. Obviously, you mentioned it, this this whole thing occurred during the playoff run and and what was the first of their three big playoff runs, and it was completely covered up because they were f- so focused on winning. And if you if you really dig deep into the story you hear multiple coaches in the organization that just pushed it aside because it was in the middle of a playoff run and they wanted to stay focused, which is really a shame. And it shows you that there were very little morals in the organization at this time. Most of the, the people involved in this incident have been pushed out out of their respective organizations, which is a step in the right direction. But it, it really sheds a light on an organization that had a really, until this situation, a terrific stretch in the 2010s, obviously with the three rings and what some called was a dynasty with three and five years. But now it, it just kind of, it darkens and, and it brings a dark cloud over, over the organization in Chicago. Yeah, you definitely touched up upon a lot of the things that I will be talking about. Um, you talked about how they put team performance about one's, one player's mental health, and that's really important here. This whole incident was in its extensive cover-up that lasted for 11 years. The Chicago Blackhawks front office, they actually put team success first instead of a player's well-being. And that's just basically saying team performance above all else. And when I say that, I say that not only did they destroy or crush Kyle Beach's dreams, he was only 20 years old at the time. This is someone who I watched play uh, play on the WHL Hurricanes, a player that was very physical, who had a ton of physicality in him. He had a very tough character, tough persona, so, so to say. This is someone whose dream was absolutely crushed in playing the NHL. Any young hockey player, their dream is to always play in the NHL one day, most likely. 
and his dream was crushed due to this one incident when he was called up in the 2010 playoffs just to be, even if he was just a practice, practice player, he was still on an active roster when this happened. And his dream was crushed. And not only was his dream crushed, his life was destroyed just due to this aspect. So in 2010, I think it's important to mention this. The New Jersey Devils were fined $3 million for circumventing the salary cap. The Blackhawks were only fined $2 million for covering a sexual assault. So I find that very interesting and I find that almost wrong in a way. So I think it's important to also mention this too, to give more specific background information. On May 23rd, 2010, the Blackhawks management, they met, they met to discuss these allegations that were against video coach Brad Eldridge. At that meeting was Stan Bowman, former hockey operations president who resigned this past Tuesday. Al McIsaac, who was the vice president of hockey operations of the Blackhawks. You had uh, president and CEO John McDonough. You had former head coach Joe Quinville. And assistant general manager Kevin uh, Shevladayoff. And then you had executive vice president Jay Blunk. All of the, that entire group that I just mentioned, they basically meant, they met and they basically said it wasn't worth risking team chemistry. And they to look in these allocations. They were going to wait until the playoffs ended when they beat the Philadelphia Flyers in the Stanley Cup when they won it. This was a whole widespread decision. It reached all the way up to HR. It was told to everybody. So therefore, they covered it up. An extensive cover-up that lasted for years. Before last night, Joe Quinville and Shevladayoff. Shevladayoff is the Winnipeg Jets general manager currently. They said over the summer in statements, they had no prior knowledge of knowing about this. And that clearly was a lie. And it's a lie. Because last night, Joe Quinville resigned from his position. And yesterday afternoon, he met with Gary Bettman, the hockey commissioner. And basically, after that meeting, he basically had to resign from his position. Otherwise, he was going to be fired. So they both lied about it. So not only did they cover up it back in 2010, not only did they continue to cover it up this summer, but they they also kept lying about it. So not I understand they didn't sexually assault uh, Kyle Beach, but they didn't do anything about it. So being a bystander is just as worse by not saying anything. And you're basically saying how team chemistry is more important than something that crush someone's dream in life. So when Eldridge met with HR back in 2010, he had two choices to take a leave of absence with his day, uh, to take a leave of absence, excuse me, or resign from his position. He resigned. And he was still granted by HR with his day with the Stanley Cup to bring it back to his hometown, Michigan. He was at the parade in Chicago he was at the banner ceremony the next season when they lifted it up and still given his ring. Meanwhile, Kyle Beach was still, he was one of those players that felt like he didn't matter. And a quote that really brought, that really made me wonder or really intrigued me was this one. He said, quote, it made me feel like I didn't exist it, it made me feel like that I wasn't important and it made me feel like he was in the right and I was wrong. 
and when he said he was right, he is referring to Aldrich. And it makes me wonder, like, how did he in experiences, how did he, how did this even happen? The thing is, like, it's almost hard to believe something like this could happen within an organization in how toxic this really is and how there is seriously a cultural problem. And what he did Wednesday night on TSN with Rick Westhood, a uh, West Westhead, excuse me, with the interview, not only did he show how he, he's a tough athlete, he showed how he's tougher as a human being with his bravery and courage to come out and say what happened. Now, when you cut, when you uh, mentioned the players that were asked about this, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, they were both on that team in 2010. They were 22. Beach was 20. Taze, just looking at the quotes he was saying and watching the interview, he was stri striking a lot of the wrong chords. Kane sort of did as well. And it hurts for me as a fan to hear that and as well as a media person, because they were only two years younger, and it's really hard to believe that they didn't know anything about this, if it, considering they were leaders of that team. I do want to go back real quick and offer some praise to Kyle Beach. You you did mention a second ago, but <clears throat> obviously I'm not affiliated with the situation or Kyle Beach, so I can't know what he's thinking, but it takes a lot of strength, whether it happened one month ago or 11 years ago, as in this situation. To come out, put yourself out there, and reveal a situation as as sad as this one is. So the fact that he, because when it first came out, he was going under the under the name John Doe, and now it's been revealed his his identity. So for him to have the courage and the strength to do that, to have the interview on TSN, and to really uh to to spearhead this whole investigation and shed shed light over what is going on in a terrible part of an organization, I think is a tremendous tremendous act he should be applauded for it because it was a horrible situation and it is, is no matter how, how with the time frame that it's been since it occurred I, I i i give him my 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 applause for for the strength it took for him to do what he did just going back to some of these players that have said something i would love to give a lot of praise to alex to of the chicago blackhawks taylor hall the boston bruins and robin leonard of the vegas golden knights Alex DeBrinkett was only 12 years old when this incident happened, and he said the right things. So did Connor Murphy, actually. They show that they have the character to properly represent this team moving forward. And here's what Alex DeBrinkett said. He said, quote, It was tough to read. Hearing the story is pretty disturbing. We cannot move on from it, but learn from it and come together as a team and make sure that doesn't happen again, end quote. That is a perfect way to explain what happened, what transpired, and what needs to happen in the future. This is something that cannot, this is something that we cannot forget, but what we can learn from and move, and we can try to be better in the future. And that is exactly what Alex Dabrink had said. He is someone that is properly representing the Chicago Blackhawks moving into the future. Taylor Hall also said a lot. He also said with the National Hockey League is, he said, quote, this is a game that's a little bit of what you'd call an old boys club. There needs to be changes. Absolutely. There needs to be changes. And I will say some of those changes <clears throat> are players that need to have a bigger platform. Players need to have a voice to sh that they, the, the, the hockey league needs to have more transparency within it to show 
that problems like this, they need to be avoided at all costs. Something like this can never happen again. And in order for that, this stuff to never happen again, that cannot be swept under the rug, players need to have a voice. So that way we can avoid this and handle out the proper punishment accordingly. And what happened last night with Joe Quinville, that is a right, that is a step in the right direction for the NHL. And because Chevlet Dayoff also was one of those bystanders within this organization that said nothing, and he's currently still employed as the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, I honestly think he needs to meet with Batman and be handled accordingly because he also said nothing and he's still employed, and I think it's absolutely wrong that he's still there. Yeah, I mean, to bring it said it best when it's something that it shouldn't be something that's avoided or swept under the rug. There's still many steps in this situation to be taken by the NHL in multiple organizations. So it's it's this is not something that's just going to go away in in the next couple of weeks. It's it's really only the beginning of, of of a lot of a chain reaction events that we'll see coming. But I I was I was more impressed with some of the states statements by other players that you mentioned as opposed to to Kays and Tane. So. Like I said, this is only the beginning. We're going to see a lot more come to this, and I I hope it 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 is as sad as it is that it has to be one. I hope it is a learning point to avoid situations like this in the future. Yeah, and to finish off here, I praise, I respect, praise, applaud Kyle Beach for coming out to say something like this. It takes a lot of courage and bravery to come out and say something like this because the hardest part of his life is starting now. Because something like this, it's hard to come out and say something like this and then have to continue after you come out and say something like this. And honestly, this is not just a problem in hockey or sports. This is a problem in life. It is a systematic problem. And honestly, I hope with Kyle Beach saying something like this, I'm hoping other people that have experienced this, whether that's in sports, hockey, or in real life, outside of sports, I hope they can come out and say something like this too so that way everyone knows that we stand with them. Of course. No, 100%. You, you hit it on the most. So. All right, that's it for Around the Waves today. Thanks for joining us for this topic matter, and we'll see you guys next week.